HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Today is Tuesday, June 17, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We're talking about hoppy Belgian beers. And we've got a, a new friend in, Nathan from Bitter Old Fecker in uh, Michigan. So, first, Brandon Woodcock, my good buddy. You're uh, working at Tourist and you're trying for the Cicerone Masters. That's coming up. Uh, I. I, I as part of your job today, you're going to be pouring every beer, and it's it's part of the test. Yeah, you're putting for me the cicerones. But it's it's a pretty tough program, and just getting the cicerones uh, certified alone is is tough. What, what do you you have like this you know, rigorous training program? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, got to run up the art museum stairs and uh, you know <laughs> box box of slabs of meat. No, I, uh, I it's actually for me. Um, I guess everybody that goes into the program has uh, different strengths and weaknesses, and for me, it's uh, it's actually one of my weaknesses is blind tasting. So. Uh, that's where I've been focusing a lot of energy. A uh, couple other cert- certified Cicerones. Uh, one guy, James, uh, you're familiar with, has been uh, sort of leading the way. And, and uh, it's really been, uh, for me, you know, blind tasting is it's deductive. And so uh, it helps me to have a rubric. So I've just come up with, all right, you know, there's like 10 points that I'm going to pay attention to before I have any thought about what beer I'm drinking. Um, and, yeah, you know, the program in general... Uh, just at the certified Cicerone level, uh, it still tries to cover the uh, entire beer industry, so to speak. Everything from uh, you know production process to um, you know draft line balance to beer and food pairings um, to beer styles and uh, includes off flavors. And then at the uh, master level, uh, I'm finding out that it uh, encompasses that, but then just way way deeper down the rabbit hole. So. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess I would say rigorous. You know, I uh, it's funny the questions that you ask at the um, I guess level one, which is beer server. 
are kind of like exploratory and you're, you're getting you know familiar with the territory and then at the certified level you finally have a, a grasp at it and uh, people start calling you an expert and you realize that the only thing that you're an expert at is knowing what you don't know and uh, and that is vast so um, yeah I'm just uh, you know like if we're talking about hobby Belgians today I'm gonna you know pull up all the different uh, material that I can find about uh, noble hops, European hops, differences uh, in, you know, the, the hop regions in, in Belgium and, and what they're growing and whatnot and, and what the story is behind the beer because, you know, it might be a question about what's the alpha acid um, range of, of a, uh, you know, uh, brewer's gold, right? But it might also be like, what's the story of a puppering Samuel? So we're, so. Giving, we're giving him a chance to unload a little bit of the knowledge. <laughs> I saw you last week, you were James Ty at Jamie's number 43, and he was blind tasting you. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you on the show tonight. Thanks, man. Uh, a new guest, um, <clears throat> this is a guy, I want to call him Nathan Fecker, but it's Nathan Huckel. <laughs> He's from Bitter Old Feckle Brewing in uh, Chelsea, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you have a pretty good story. You make you make beer in a rustic setting. Uh, rustic setting and rustic style, rustic kind of approach, um, kind of both in mentality and actual brewing, kind of brewing. So what, what do you do when you make beer? I mean, we're going to get your whole story tonight, but you know, a typical brew day. Are you doing everything by hand? Are you, are you, are you welding equipment as needed? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's it's a little bit like working on a farm almost. You know. Um, you know, I handle as much of the the process as possible, um, and that that has included making making some of my own pieces of equipment. Um, you know, my mash tun has I, I actually fabricated the false bottom for it, which was kind of a mistake <laughs> in a way because it was it turned out to be a really a lot of labor. Um, but the actual, you know, the actual brewing process too is, you know, it's very, very hands-on um, from from start to finish. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good story. What's your website? It's a uh, drinkoldfecker.com. No, it's cool. You got some cool videos. There's a lot of farmy stuff going on. Looking forward to trying your, your beer today, also on the show. And um, one of the sub themes of the show is about hoppy Belgian beers. <clears throat> you know, that Omega Gang and Duvel they put out like the Duvel Triple Hop, and they have Hoblon Schuf. And we were thinking, Brendan and I were talking last week, so what, what are some of the other beers that represent, you know, the, this traditional Belgian style, or, or is there a traditional Belgian style of hoppy beers? Because everyone talks about IPAs, and I think all this year we've been trying to say, hey, let's go back to Belgium and look at some of the classic styles. So we've got uh, two guys here from uh, Global Imports who handle Popperings Hommel, which is one of my favorite Belgian hoppy beers, uh, Sean Stefanian. You can say your name and finally say it, right? Stepanian. And Dan Lehman, so Global Beer. So tell me a little bit about the Poppering Homo and uh, you know that, that aspect of, of Belgium. Well, actually, I had the opportunity to go to Belgium for the first time a month ago and got to see you know the brewery and got to see the region where they grow the hops and everything. Um, the background of the, the beer is actually really cool. So they get the hops from uh, the town of Popperings, which is where they grow 75% of the hops in Belgium. Um, so you have the, the widest variety of hops there, and they use a, a wide range of, of different aroma hops. 
And what they did was in 1970 in the region, they had about six different breweries operating, and they decided to have a, a they were having a hop festival they have every three years, um, Triennial Hop Festival, and they decided they would have a competition between all the breweries that were operating to see who could brew the best beer with the hops from the Pop Rings region. And Van Eck Brewery, which makes Pop Rings Hommel, was already kind of brewing a beer that was very similar to this, and they decided to like just kind of kick it up a notch a little bit and came out with what is now known as Pop Rings Hommel Beer. Um, they decided to do... Uh, they won that year's competition. They decided to do it again, I think, uh, the next festival or yeah uh, which is three years later and they won again and they did it again for the next festival and three three times in a row Pop Rings Hommel beer came out as the number one beer so they decided that you know what this is going to be the best beer from this region made out of these hops and they've been making it ever since and it's just a great background great beer um, just really nice uh, hop variety so let's go through let's taste some of our beers and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about them so <clears throat> Brendan the first beer that you brought Oh, yeah, it's uh, from Brasserie de la Seine, uh, out of Brussels. It's Taras Bulba. Um, at, uh, at Turst, it's one of our favorites. We try to squirrel it away whenever we get it. Um, but, yeah, it's a, uh, a Session Blonde. It's around 4.5%. Um, they label it as extra hoppy. Uh, like many Belgian beers, it has a cool story. Uh, the uh, the label has this uh, burly man, you know, throwing a, a barrel or about to throw a barrel at um, someone he's calling a fool, uh, and uh, that appears to be his son. I guess it's uh, the story is, you know, uh, taken yeah, from a Russian Ukrainian fa- yeah, folktale, yeah, Ukrainian folktale, and um, I think that the story actually uh, sort of syncs up with the beer because um, they're taking it and interpreting it, saying that. Um, the son uh, is Flemish, and he married a Wallonian girl. So it's almost as if the, uh, you know, the 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 hoppy or straightforward um, style that Flanders might have inherited from England, so to speak, uh, meets Wallonia, which is Cezanne territory. So it's kind of a blend in the beer itself. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I like the the story aspect. Nathan, what you, have you had this beer before? No, this is a, this is the first time I've had it. So. Um, are you familiar with like hoppy Belgian beers? A uh, fair amount. If uh, yeah, I've had a few. Actually, right before I came out here, I had the Pop Rings Hommel beer uh, for probably the third time, I think. So, what's the scene like? So, you're in Chelsea, Michigan. Where's that? Uh, it's about. It's basically on the west side of Ann Arbor. Uh, it's the next town over, about ten minutes outside of Ann Arbor. There's a good beer scene there. Ann Arbor is good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chelsea, I'm actually kind of the second brewery in Chelsea. There's another place that that is downtown Chelsea, uh, the Chelsea Ale House, that they're kind of more of a tap room and thing, that sort of thing, Um, whereas I'm just kind of a secret production facility that (laughs) nobody nobody can find. You're on the farm. Can people visit you? Do you have a tasting room? Uh, we we actually don't have a tasting room right now. Uh, like I said, it, it's just kind of my secret location, <laughs> which you know I, we are open to having visitors and stuff too. But yeah, so should we just we should just watch the videos and buy your beer, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, tell us about your buddy. Your buddy, your buddy does the labels and and he, he made the video. Right, that's uh, Keith Neltner. Uh, he is an artist out of Camp Springs, Kentucky. Um, I've been a I've been a big fan of his for a bunch of years. He uh, he's done a he did a lot of work for and continues to do a lot of work for different musicians. Uh, a lot of a lot of kind of uh, outlaw scene country 
artists like Hank Williams III and Shooter Jennings and uh, I was I've been a fan of that music and so kind of therefore a fan of his as well and I was lucky enough to somehow trick him into doing our labels too oh cool and uh, for you guys uh, Shaham what do you guys think about the uh, Taurus Bulba I think it's really nice very sessionable really mellow uh, you know good balance to it uh, not over. I mean, it's not overly hopped. It's not. It's not incredibly strong in the in the hop forward. You just kind of have to. It just kind of comes to you slowly, which is nice. You know, it, it, it kind of approaches you quietly. It doesn't. Is there anything you. unique? And Dan, you can jump. Anything unique about the, the Belgian beers that are using hops? And, and is it different? Yeah, I mean, American I think or could this be an American? Beer I think too? that in general, you have two types of hop beers coming out of Belgium, and you have ones that are influenced purely by the American market, and we have Troubadour Magma, which is a Simcoe hops IPA, Parade Triple hops, Cascade hopped. Um, you know, Belgians are all about balance. It's the same thing in the wide wine world. You know, California reds are bold and tannin and and in your face, and French wines are smooth and silky and, and balanced, and both have their place. So the Belgian hop beers are kind of like that, and that they approach it with the balance. You know, so you know, for Poppering's Hommel, for example, they're brewing with Challenger, Hallertau, uh, East Kent Goldings, and you know, makes very mild beer. Well, let's try the Poppering Hommel, and I also I also brought Hoblon Schuf. <clears throat> and uh, from Omegang Duval and the Duval Triple Hop. Uh, have you had that? Any of those beers, Brendan? Have you had the new uh, Duval Triple Hop? I haven't had this year's. Um, so the story with that is uh, every year it um, they change what they dry hop it with. So uh, they call it the Triple Hop. I think it's a play with triple, you know, Golden Strong is similar there. But uh, also they um, do... Oh. <laughs> Sorry, you got me doing two Everybody things at once. Talking that's beer, part of the, I, the test you're practicing for the yeah, master cicerone exam. I got to get an questions. Right? You got to keep pouring beer, Brandon. Come on, <laughs> multitask here. Um, so the uh, I think they do. We have an empty here. They do the uh, the bittering hop edition uh, originally with one hop. Then they do the. Um, yeah. He's doing great. He's pouring beer and he's trying to talk and he's answering a tough question. And uh, the aromatic and then the dry hop is the third hop. So uh, this year they used the mosaic. That's great. We're going we're to try the, the Duval triple hop tonight on the show too. All right, so this is the Pop Rings Hommel. So you guys tell us about this. Um, it, it's, it was a sleeper. I'd never heard of it. And a few years ago I started carrying it. And I always like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic beer. For, for us, it's funny. It's, it's, it's been a challenge getting this beer into the market because a lot of people's expectations for what a hoppy beer are are citrusy and, and grapefruit. And you know, it's a great example of kind of the more floral, elegant qualities of hops, which I think are as virtuous as the bold and, and bitter. So uh, it's something that we continue to work on and try to educate people. So thank you for having us and giving us an opportunity to put this out there. And it is in its own right a testament to hops, and uh, you know, we're very happy with it. I think the one thing that I just want to put out there to make sure people know, because I, I come across this all the time, people want to know how to categorize this beer. And a lot of times I, get, I think it gets mislabeled as a Belgian IPA. I would never put this down as a Belgian IPA just because of the fact that when you get an IPA, when you're expecting a certain flavor profile out of an IPA, you kind of want the bitterness of the hop. You want, you know, a different kind of sharpness in that flavor, and you don't get that from the Pop Rings Hummel. So, you know, as long as you go in knowing what you're getting, you're getting a really balanced, aromatic beer 
you know, you're getting a really good flavor, a really nice kind of grassy herbal note to it also. But it's not going to, you know, knock you like an American IPA, like a West Coast IPA might. Um, so you're not getting that expectation out of it. But you got to go into it knowing what you're going to be drinking. Well, Brandon, you're taking notes because you might be surprised because we're talking about the Master Cicerone exam. One, one of the uh, – I know there's like Don Littlefield from Van Bergen to Wolf. There, there's this core group. Is Randy Mosier part of that? Like who's going to actually examine you? Because it's a lot of like one-on-one – it's pretty challenging. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to know. Uh, I, Randy is, uh, is certainly active in um, at least some of the grading, uh, some of the testing as well. Um, there are some others I've heard, some names floating around, uh, even Garrett Oliver, you know, uh, Charlie Bamforth. Uh, yeah, a, a few others. I know uh, the other Master Cicerones are, are uh, active in it. Uh, I'll be taking it in October in California, so I know Nicole Ernie is probably in play. Uh, Some good people. One time a few years yeah. ago, we talked to Charlie Bamforth on the air. He's a professor at UC Davis, and he's a big, he's a big uh, expert on yeasts, which is one area I don't even want to go to. <laughs> but I, well, I mean, we're in that territory. This is Belgian beer, right? And, uh, you know, he's, he's also, I was listening to him uh, today actually talk about hops and, um, you know, Connecting back to um, what we were saying earlier about there kind of being two uh, types of Belgian IPA, quote-unquote, you've got the ones that are made with American hops uh, with that kind of intention, and then you've got sort of the older school uh, that wouldn't even really be IPA-ish. They're just hoppy, you know. Um, One thing we didn't mention about the homile is hamel just means hops, right, in the local dialect. and pop rings means pop rings. It just yeah, it, li- it literally means the hop beer from pop ring. It's very right. simple. And uh, the um, you know the variety I believe on that uh, is um, they they have Brewer's Gold um, for bittering, which is like eight to ten percent alpha acid com- uh, compared to say you'd have like a, a Bravo or a Mosaic, which might be up around like fourteen percent, and those would be the ones making the, or Simcoe. You know, those are the ones making the big West Coast hops. Uh, that we that we have that um, harsh, clean bitterness from. So this is like slightly less bitter, uh, and then they focus on the aromatic, which are going to be the the Hallertau, which is the other hop grown in that region. And so that's going to give you some of the uh, spicy, florals, and the um, kind of aromatic notes. Awesome! We got a good start. We got all our guests in place. We're back in a few minutes on a beer sessions radio. All right. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the Internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. You are listening to Leaving by Dead Stars here on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. So we're talking to Brandon Woodcock, who's going for his Masters in Cicerone. We've got Nathan Huckel from uh, Fester's Old Fester. What's the name of your brewery? <laughs> I want to call him Nathan Fecker, but it's a little complicated. Uh, Nathan Huckel from Bitter Old Fecker. That's right. And we got uh, Dan Shahan from uh, Global Beer, who brought pop rings home. So we're talking a little bit about some Belgian beers. Crazy Patrick Donahurst here from... Uh, Fool's Gold, NYC. We're going to talk to him later about his new bar in New York City. But right now, let's go to you, Nathan. We were talking about IPAs, the difference between Belgian and American IPAs, yeast. So tell us a little bit about your... Let's get deep now. Let's go into your brewing process and some of the sure. ingredients that you use, okay? <coughs> Welcome, Patrick. Buddy. I had a bet that you weren't going to come today. I totally forgot about it. <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> I have to buy Justin a beer. Drinking all day and watching the World Cup. So uh, basically, the kind of the overall rundown of uh, kind of the pro- the approach that I'm using is we we do exclusively U.S. grown malts and hops, um, and it's kind of styles that aren't necessarily unfamiliar, but with the addition of kind of some non-traditional ingredients that are kind of meant to complement the style itself. Uh, like right now, we're having this. Uh, what is our? So what, what's in it? Tell us. Like, what, what did you make? Is, 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 there's hops. What hops? What, what grain? Uh, this one. This one here. The strutter that we're having right now, which is actually, it's kind of. This is about a year on right now. So it, you know, the majority of the aroma hops have faded at this point, um, and it's kind of morphed into something else. But uh, this one actually is. There's actually a bit of rye in it as. Um, as well, and I think I want to say there's about 12 varieties of hops in it originally, <laughs> um, which may be a little over so the top. You're and it then, up. So, so yeah. I know some of your backstory is like, now I'm going to get to the backstory. Sure. So, uh, your you're, people in your family used to make beer, sometimes the prohibitions. Tell us a little bit about that. This uh, seems yeah. to be a big part of your story. Yeah, uh, yeah my, uh, actually, my great grandparents in living in Detroit were, were bootleggers. Uh, during prohibition they would drive over the over the river over to canada and smuggle booze back and then they had a uh they had a blind pig out of their basement that they ran that the majority of their clientele as far as i understand was detroit police (laughs) um and at the same time my my grandmother also brewed beer out of the kitchen she worked at a uh, at a brickyard and would brew beer and take it to uh Take it to the guys that she worked with there. So, where did you work before you opened your own brewery? Uh, Grizzly Peak was uh, in Ann Arbor. Was my other bit of uh, sort of more professional experience with brewing, working under the uh, the great and knowledgeable Duncan Williams. Uh, went through the uh, Williams School of Brewing there. And you were talking about um, you you try to get ingredients that might not necessarily be used together before and create like somewhat new flavor profiles. I just uh, got a handle on the bottle. I've had sure. pouring responsibility, so I didn't get to look before. But this is a barrel-aged IPA we're drinking with chamomile, rose petals, and juniper. Right. That's kind uh, of crazy. And yeah. it's totally aromatic. Yeah, everything that we do is is out of uh, barrels, 100%. Uh, and kind of the idea generally speaking with the with the extra ingredients the kind of non-traditional ingredients is to find something that complements the style i mean i i would say in a in an ipa 
probably more specifically in, in an American IPA, you can definitely, you could get notes of juniper or rose petals or chamomile. And so kind of the idea is to just put those in there and kind of actually give that a little bit of a boost. And I think also as, the, as this beer ages, as the hops fade out, you kind of are left with some of those more herbal components and they kind of start to come out a little bit more yeah, as time almost- goes on seems to almost be going in the direction of like uh, an American barley wine or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it's great, man. It's almost like you're cooking, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I think of it. I, you know, well, it made uh, sense to me. It's, it says that your your brewery is like it's rustic. It could it could operate without electricity if it had to. It could. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, obviously I don't I don't necessarily choose to do it that way. <laughs> I do have pumps and, you know, kind of some of the typical things that most people have, but uh, it's actually kind of set up in a way that we that it literally could run without electricity. Yeah, so, how many barrels do you, do you have uh, at the moment? I have I have eight barrels that I'm working with, and we're actually in the process of uh, kind of expanding into a second a second space that's within our building uh, where we're going to add probably about three times as many barrels from there. So it's pretty special. Do you sell in New York City? No, we don't sell. So you just came here today to meet us, <laughs> and your friend Jack. Uh, yeah, Black. exactly. I, uh, you know, your I'll PR take person, any ex- any excuse that I that I can to come to New York. So you literally just you just reached out to Justin and Jacqueline. You want to come to New York? Yeah, exactly. Yep, it was. That's great, man. Well, th- there'll be some uh, like some said, New York folks that want to try to acquire your beer. I'm sure that'll. <laughs> we got to we got to get Patrick it. on now because you can't let let Patrick. So Patrick Donner, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Jimmy. You know you you helped open the Rattle and Hum, and then Alewife and Jeffrey, yeah. and now the Fool's Gold. I've, I've been there yeah, a couple times. I have three now. Oh, close. So the big joke is I was I, you're always working so hard. Last time I saw you at on the Bowery picking glasses right before you opened. <laughs> That's right. Uh, day so, of, it was a day over thing. So before we talk about your new bar, some of the beers today, do you carry Pop Rings Hommel or, or Taurus Bulba or Taranki XX? Because I know you always have I, great I carry um, Durank and Taurus Bulba. And my favorite Belgian breweries are, I don't know if they're all here, but Durank, Bink, Delassen, Cantillon. <clears throat> Those are the, the, my top four favorite breweries of all time, I think. And are you doing... I, Imports at Fool's Gold or just yeah, American? bottles. Yeah. Mostly. Well, in draft, like I carry Taurus Bulba and XX Bitter as much as possible. Like they're my favorite beers. They're my desert island beers. Yeah, and I've always, ever since I can remember, shot and bringing them in, always pouring them. Good stuff. So, what was it like opening Fool's Gold? Uh, it took you a while. <laughs> <laughs> it, was t- it, it took us a while. It took us. It was a really cold winter, so we couldn't work for three months. I couldn't get the contractors to do anything because they were. It was freezing, and we every time we poured concrete, it would crack. And um, we just had to wait until it got a little bit warmer, and we got. Then we started bringing in big heaters, industrial heaters, like jet fuel heaters, and that started working a little bit. And uh, then once once the once the good weather came, we really went at it. Or as soon as it went up like five degrees, we're like, all right, now it's time to work. So we got everybody in, and we put it together pretty quick. Like I used a lot of, I I would go to Brooklyn and, and like ra- just raid somehow like old construction zones and steal stuff from there, like metal and. Like tin ceiling and stuff and, and lumber and we put it all together. We spent time just cleaning it up and putting it together. So nothing really we bought nothing new for the whole bar except for a computer system. Everything else like I had a refrigerator and storage for four years that we used uh, as a walk in cooler. It's like ten foot by eighteen foot long and so that was good to get out of storage for a while. Um, yeah, it's good to have him. Congratulations for getting open. Thank you. Been there a Finally. couple of times. We liked it. Yeah, um, let's talk. So we're talking about Belgian beer and stuff. So this guy's from Michigan. He came all the way to New York City. 
So do uh, you guys want to say anything about his beer? Because we got. I, I personally Dan loved it. I thought, obviously, you said the hops faded. I'm getting like a little cinnamon on it for some reason, but it definitely ha- it's very juicy. So I think almost the hops dying down brings it to a whole other level of, of balance. There, there is a, there is some Belgian yeast in there. Uh, that's one of the things that we do is that I guess that I do is uh, the the batches are split up and fermented with different strains of yeast before they go into the barrels, before they get blended into the barrels. And the beer that you're drinking right now is actually a blend of I think four different. American yeast and three different Belgian yeasts, so could be a little bit of where the cinnamon's coming yeah, from. Beautiful. You know, I'm like Brandon, so at, at Taurus yeah. and, and Patrick at Fool's Gold and Jeffrey. So he's he doesn't sell in New York yet, but he might. So how, how would he go about getting placed in in your bars on the, well, the beer list? Bootleg first. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's easy. Like we, we, we take road trips all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not lawyers. <laughs> You're talking about the three-tier system and distribution really, really excites that, yeah. some people here. The TTB, I hope, I hope the TTB is not listening. Liability yeah, right. out the window. Yeah, but what, what would you sell in New York? I mean, is, 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 it, is it worth it for you? I mean, you're making a small amount of beer. Mm-hmm. You mostly sell it. Do you sell it to... Out of your out of your farmhouse, or, or do you actually? No, yeah, we, we actually go through a distributor. Uh, we actually have a common friend uh, through our distributor in Ann Arbor, uh, which is Rave and Associates. Uh, his name is Michigan Rick, and he's awesome. Look him up. <laughs> he has his own TV series on YouTube. Change <laughs> <laughs> um, like a bootlegger right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we we do go through a distributor, um, and we actually are about to to kind of go through. Uh, relatively speaking, a kind of a large expansion for us, and so there will definitely be some options for you know, kind of reaching beyond Michigan. What, what kind of feedback did you get on this particular beer? Because um, I know when you barrel age something, uh, obviously it takes time, sure. and if you're uh, putting something out there as an IPA, you know, uh, the traditional association is people want it as fresh as possible. I know Michigan's big on IPA, you know. Uh, if too hard, it is huge. They just came to New York recently. So, uh, did you get any feedback? Like people said, it wasn't hoppy enough, or well, I, for one, I mean, we did. I, I did actually dry hop it in the barrels right up until it was bottled. Um, I mean, you know, I think I, I did kind of a stu- two stage dry hopping right before it was bottled. So, so it was, I think it was fairly aromatic. When you know, when it was still a bit more fresh, um, but I, I did. We did kind of get. I think some people were a little bit confused about it, uh, as far as you know, with the, with the different herbs that are in it, and with the combination of the hops and and with the barrel, kind of some of the barrel characteristics that that are in there. With a uh, bourbon barrel, right? Rip. You can you can taste the rhinus of it from the bourbon barrel. Like I, I think this here isn't just tasting with the aromatics coming off of like rose petals and everything else. Coming, you know, when you have um, I get a lot of first time drinkers coming into my bar, mm-hmm. and then. They're hit with like a big beer menu, like a tourist, and mm-hmm. or, you know it's. And then we have some big IPAs on. We've but this here is kind of like a, a very flavorful IPA. It's not just based on hops, but it's based. It's like giving you an entry to, you know, with the flower aroma of it. And then you have you can taste that throughout the the beer too. So it's not just pure bitter when you're drinking. You get the roundness of the barrel and everything else coming through, which I think is a great. I think you could nearly see a trend as a starting for for IPA drinkers for first timers getting getting into IPAs. Then they'll go further on that for just their bitterness you know the ABS sure. will go off the charts but with this here it's it's blanketed with everything you've added to it and I think it, I think it works I think it's great thank you thank you Brandon want to pop the drink you access sure. we're going to go get a new beer from Shelton Brothers and we're going to be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio alright 
Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best free radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We've got quite a crew here today. Let's give a shout out. July Good Beer Month is coming up. Our friends at Coney Island on tap will be uh, July 12th at the Brooklyn Cyclones Park in Coney Island. Check it out, Coney Island on tap. It's a good beer festival for uh, July Good Beer Month. All right, so here we are. We got uh, Brandon Woodcock. All right, cheers. Patrick Donner. Cheers. Nathan from Fecker. Cheers. <laughs> and, uh, I love that name. Fecker. Yeah, it's, it's good, right? Fecker, yeah. Sean and Dan from uh, Parperings Hommel. You just call yourselves Parperings Hommel. Well, that makes it easier. We're taking yeah. some Belgian style beers and, and uh, some new beers from uh, Michigan with uh, Nathan. So, um, what do you guys think? We just we popped the Duranke XX. It's some people, it's their favorite beer in the world. It's one of my favorites. How does this compare to the other uh, Belgian beers we've had so far, uh, Brandon? Yeah, you know. Um, I, I would say just uh, in comparison, uh, it's, it, it tastes a little more uh, well, <laughs> bitter, <laughs> right? Um, uh, a little bit cloying. Um, there's some astringency in the back. Uh, it, it's nice. Actually, you know, doing a little research on it, 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 it seems that they use the same uh, varieties of hop as the Hommel Ale. Uh, but what I think sort of separates it is the yeast um, seems to have fermented it a little bit more cleanly. Uh, at least from a couple of sips. That's, that's Duranke actually use um, whole leaf hops all year round, and they, they buy the one batch of beer or the one batch of hops, and they keep it, and they keep it refrigerated all year round. So throughout the course of the year, you see like you know, the the bitterness of the, the hops and the flavorful of like the later batches you get throughout the year will be not as bitter throughout the yeah, year and they'll not they be evolve, as, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more but, like wine. So I was yeah. over there and I seen like this massive big cooler refrigerator full to the brim of hops, and like they're only halfway through. So they make a lot of beer, but they won't make beer with anything else but holy hops. I, I like that. I like that in a brewery. I mean, yeah. it's tonight. You start. You start them at the beginning of the year. They're they're one way, and they, it's a big check change. all at once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we we were talking about. Um, I mean, check for the hops. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a big bill one time a year. <laughs> you know, I think uh, one of the ideas that we were floating around was. Uh, how uh, there's this uh, conception of like uh, American beers are the hoppy ones and Belgium can't do hoppy beers or something like that. You know, like there's the sort of mainstream conception that uh, Belgian beers are just going to be uh, like almost yeast forward and yeast focused and uh, and somewhat sweet. You know, you got the candy sugar thing. Um, but seeing Belgian producers uh, pay attention to hop storage. Uh, and and focus on hops, not just the uh, the bittering, but also um, you know in in the aromatic sense, it's uh, it's pretty cool. And um, I, I was thinking also, we were talking earlier about uh, you know in in the states, 
we could kind of go anywhere with the breweries, right? Because we had Prohibition, and then we had World War II, and then we had sort of like hyper-industrialization of everything, so it was kind of like a blank slate. And uh, in Belgium, you know, when they were dry hopping Orval in, in like 1934, you know, uh, the consumers got used to that palate. And the hop storage back then didn't have the benefit of refrigeration or uh, freezers, so... Um, the alpha acids in the hops were getting exposed to oxygen and losing some of their bitterness. And so the primary bitterness that you would get was actually from uh, beta acids uh, being exposed to oxygen and then um, just forming slightly less bitter uh, compounds. You're really and, studying for this test, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I was the same a, thing. I was able to say that because I wasn't pouring a beer yet. Well, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny, though. If you look at the course that hops took to get to England, it actually went from Germany to Flanders and then, and then Flanders to... Uh, you know, England. So the, the road to bitter beer is definitely stopped in Belgium pretty early, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. And if you look at like the hot bills of the, uh, you know, traditional Belgian beers, it's, it's really high. And, um, you know, here you have a brewery that uh, kind of got their start. And, and this beer in particular, I think 1994, uh, you know, around the same time that Lagunitas IPA comes on the scene. And, you know, they're doing exactly the same thing. They're just throwing a lot of hops at it and making a bitter product. So it's, it's sort of... Uh, contradicts that mainstream perception of what Belgians are. Years ago, Dan Shelton said that when they made Durenki XX, they were trying to make the beer that they used to make in Belgium before the World War One. So, I mean, is that the same thing with Parpering's Homeland? I mean, is, is it a traditional Party, style? Like the same story you were just saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't. as far as the traditional style, I, I don't know exactly how to categorize. Well, it's funny. We, we've had this trouble. Actually, someone mentioned TTB earlier. And we were going to try to submit resubmit Poppering's Hommel as a strong pale ale. And they said, no, you can't use the word strong. God forbid we set a proper expectation for a beer. But, uh, you know, that's something that we've, we've worked pretty hard on doing. But, muscular you know, they, pale What's up? A muscular pale ale. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> muscular, I like that. But, uh, no, I mean, tr- traditional, it definitely, this particular beer, Poppering's Hommel, dates back to 1970. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of American craft beer, we're up there with Anchor and Steam as far as being traditional, right, as far as the year. But, I mean, like you said, with Orval in 1934, hops have always been a big part of, of northwest Belgium uh, in particular and assertive in their own ways. So I know you guys are you're importing and repping some of your beers around the city and around the country. What are some of the places that, that serve Pop Rings Hommel? Uh, I mean, right now in New York uh, specifically, I can tell you Ginger Man uh, has Pop Rings Hommel on tap. I actually stopped off to grab a couple of uh, bottles on the way in at Brooklyn Beer in uh, uh, you know Williamsburg. Um, there are a few places that you can find around the city that will rotate it in, like uh, Kirk with uh, 3rd Avenue L House and uh, uh, Amsterdam L House will bring it in, and uh, Matt at Valhalla will have it in. So a lot of the beer bars around New York City like to have it in. And right now, from, from what I'm hearing of people uh, who, are, who are bringing in the kegs especially, the, the thing about this kind of beer, and any hop beer really, is you want the freshness. Uh, of the hops to come through. You want the beer to be able to shine. And we've been able to to get the inventory coming in on a regular basis so that the kegs that are coming in are really fresh kegs. So you can really get that brightness of the beer that you couldn't get if it was sitting around for like, you know, six months to a year. So right now the kegs that you're getting, if you find Poppering Samuel on draft, order it. Just if you see that thing on the menu on a draft list, you gotta grab that because right now it's the freshest you're gonna see in the US, you know, that you've seen in like five years probably. Nathan, talking about fresh, what, what did you bring us? This is, is stuff that you just bottled recently? Or is uh, it, is it, are you doing bottle conditioning? 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's bottle conditioned. Everything is. Uh, the one that we're pouring right now is Kaplan, which was uh, that came out, I think, back in February. Um, so it, called it an imperial bronze ale, again, barrel aged with uh, with morels, morel mushrooms were thrown into the barrels. Uh, again, kind of a dry hopping sort of thing, but with with morels. What kind of uh, flavor do they impart? I mean, I, I, I guess typically mushrooms are going to give you an earthiness. That, that, was, that was the idea, yeah, was to, you know, it's, the beer is kind of similar to maybe, maybe like a, you know, a Belgian double or double, however you prefer to say it. Um, and so they, I, I kind of, the idea was to originally have a beer like that and kind of impart some earthy aromatics to it. And you were saying all your beers are barreled. I'm just smelling a lot of oak. And is this also bourbon? It is. It is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, everything basically goes through. Let's make a toast, you guys. Thanks for everybody coming up. Patrick, a few more things. So, Fool's Bowl, what's on draft tonight? Oh, fuck. Uh, We're doing um, a lot of Nikasi beers on tonight because it's the... um, we're doing a launch strike. Um, we uh, we held off for a week or so, and there's a lot of transit problems with Nikasi stuff. And um, but uh, so we're putting on eleven beers from Nikasi at each bar: the Jeffrey, your wife, and Fool's Gold tonight. So um, apart from that, I got Doronk X X on. I got a lot of good beer. Right. I, I do all three beer lists at all three bars, so trying to remember which one's on at which place is a nightmare. So I know when you were at Rattle and Humble, you were real hands-on with, with, with the kegs. So how do you do with three bars? I wake up earlier. Do you guys so, go to each bar each day? And yeah, I do. Um, I start with Alewife usually around 7, 7.30, and whatever beer is kicked the night before. I clean my lines. Every time I keg kicks, I clean the line. I've been doing that for years. My dad taught me that as a kid, working in his bar, and i um, so my wife Roz runs the wife she's pretty good at doing all that and then each manager at each bar does this I do. I just pick the beer list and I order all the kegs for all the places and I run around and make sure all the lines are clean do tests on them and then just do staff trainings and you know make sure people know their stuff about beer and tell us about happy. tell us about your I saw on Father's Day you posted a picture of your dad did. so did you grow up working with your father did yeah you my, um, I'm fourth generation bar owner now and I uh, so is my brother but um, dad was we just grew up I grew up in the bar industry all my life like since I remember stocking shelves and cleaning lines as a kid and um, that picture was uh, me and dad I was in I, I was a competitive swimmer and um, that was when we were at the All-Ireland Championships and it was just it was a long time ago <laughs> trying to piece it together I forgot about the show today I can't remember yesterday so trying to remember <laughs> that hold on <laughs> alright man Let's, let's, let's do a quick talk, talk around. So we're talking about Belgian beers. What beer did you like the most tonight, Brendan? Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm partial to Taras Bobo. That's uh, that's kind of my go-to. I, I, stateside, it's a cart and boat for the session beer, and then you know if I'm going uh, if I'm going long distance, it's Taras Bobo. Right, Patrick, what about you? Um, my desert island beer is Drunk XX, but I, I haven't had a chance to train everything else. But this old fecker. The IPA, the barley IPA, was pretty damn sweet. It was, it was warm. It was, it was like to me, it was like a cask conditioned beer, which I'm a massive fan of cask ale. And I think that one, you know, it's, it's different for me. I never really had rose petals in an IPA before. I don't think so. Yeah, no, it really, it, it's a totally different style. So the, yeah. you're, you're calling it rustic, Nathan, but it's <laughs> it's it's more just like innovative. Innovative is a great word for that. Beer. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's that's a big part of uh, what I do. I. I I try to think of things that I haven't seen before. 
That's that's very basic, you know. I mean, what what would rustic beer be? Who wants to say? Is it like twigs in there? You know what I mean? There think, might there might be there yeah. very well maybe. I think it's the same thing as like in food. Honest ingredients, man. Just yeah. keeping it simple. Letting the things that you Old use come forth. Kind of. You know, let everything that you're brewing come forth and, and shine. And Nothing too technical, everything. Brendan. Nothing too technical. To jump in quickly though, this uh, has so much potential with food. Uh, just because, you know, if you're talking about, like, your, your foraging ingredients, you got more oil mushrooms, I would love to have this with a mushroom dish. Foraging. You know? That's rustic right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> Next. Foraging. Pick it out of the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's rustic. All right. And you gentlemen, did, you have power brings home, but you have other Belgian beers too, don't you? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about hoppy Belgian beers, I mean, the two that pop in the mind right now are the... The Troubadour Magma, which is you know American IPA influenced, um, with the uh, the Galaxy Hop, and uh, we also have the Paratra Blop that just actually hit the market this year and is actually just in New York coming out this month. So that's one that you're going to start seeing in, in draft and bottle. What was the last one? The Parat Triple Hop. So Parat beer, if people are not familiar with it, is a beer made by uh, Van Steenberg Brewery. They also make Golden Drock. Um, it's a 10.5 ABV beer, really nice, strong golden. It's actually a triple in style. Uh, the Triple Hop is using the, the same base of the Parat, but pitching four different styles of hops three different times in the brewing process. And you, you get a really nice quality to it. And, and it's dangerous because Belgians don't really like to expand on uh, the same name like American breweries, you know, that make, make everything out of the same title. But having something like the Triple Hop is actually really nice to have a variety to go off of what's, what's already a really known, really liked beer. It's, it's going to do really well. We're really excited about it. So if you see it out there, grab a Parat Triple Hop and crack one open. All right. Let's let's uh, just finish up. We've got a uh, Ciderwick this weekend at Jimmy's Number Forty Three. Patrick, what's going on at your bars this weekend? I have Nikasi all week. Nikasi. We're doing uh, same with tap today at four twenty. Well, it's already gone by for all three bars. Ten taps at each bar. Um, next one we got um, Victory with Bill Kobaleski. We're doing a party bus from the three bars. Ten Victory beers at each bar on the twenty sixth. Tickets are on the website. All right. <laughs> so we got July Good Beer Month coming up. We'll have more on that next week. And a shout-out again to our friends at Coney Island on tap. We're doing a special event uh, July 12th at the Brooklyn Cyclone Park in uh, Coney Island. So check that out, Coney Island on tap. All right, it's been a good show. We were talking about a lot of things. Brandon, congratulations. Good luck with the uh, Master Sister. I know it's tough. Thank you. Hopefully they uh, don't make me pour beer while I'm writing my essays. I hope they recorded or listened to the recording today. They were going, that guy passed. <laughs> Patrick, you should be the judge. You'd be good. <laughs> That'd be Man, nice. I'd take under the table or pass out any day. <laughs> Just like FIFA. <laughs> yeah. I learned from FIFA. Well, I'd like to thank our sponsors. That <laughs> it's soccer season. Last time, four years ago, we had the Sheldon Brothers on playing Vavuzulas from South Africa. So uh, this is a pretty tame crowd for the World Cup. Any, yeah. You guys want to say anything about the World Cup? Belgium won, so for us, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations to Belgium. It was a little dicey. And USA, which is the best. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm very happy with Netherlands I brewed up on tap so I'm pretty happy they're doing good so we'll see when you, when you listen to this you'll probably know who won the World Cup but I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com for helping to bring this podcast to you tonight thanks to Nathan, Brendan, Patrick, Shahan and, and Dan for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network I'm Jimmy Carboni thanks to our producers Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy our engineer tonight Joe Galarraga thanks for listening we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio alright <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.